0: This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 56, and the quote of the day is from the great B.B. King who said, we all have idols, play like anyone you care about, but try to be yourself while you're doing so. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals, information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast, and it's a beautiful, beautiful Thursday morning here in New York, and uh, it's nice, man. It kind of feels like kind of feels like fall out there a little bit. It was a little chilly this morning, but uh, that's all right. It's a beautiful day. A couple things I want to bring up real quick. Um, the new drummersresource.com has launched, so if you haven't checked that out yet, just head over to drummersresource.com, check it out, there's a whole new layout, The whole, I mean the whole thing has been redone, so check that out and feel free to send me your comments on how you like it, what you like about it, what you don't like, what you think is missing, and uh, I think you guys know by now that I am totally, totally into hearing your suggestions and your feedback, so please do that. And if you want to get the ebook stick control variation, sign up for the mailing list at drummersresource.com and I'll send that to you 100% free. It's normally $9.99, but you get it free when you sign up for the mailing list. And also, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so right on iTunes. So that way the the podcast automatically download to your mobile device or your iPad or your phone, um, anything or any any device that you want them to automatically download on, you can just subscribe to them. And it's 100% free, and you can just um, subscribe to that. And also, you can download them. Uh, I mentioned that last podcast. People were asking if the if the podcasts are downloadable, and they are. Everything's free, so you can just go to iTunes and download them. That way you have them so you don't have to be online to listen to the podcast at all. So with that being said, let's get into the topic for today, and we're going to talk about grooving and how to improve your groove. Excuse me, had to take a little drink of water there. But we're going to talk about how to improve your groove. So this is kind of like this elusive thing, and and this this thing that's not really tangible, um, because groove is not necessarily a, a measurable thing. So you can't, you know, like if you want to play paradiddles at at two hundred beats a minute, you can measure that. But groove is something that's a little bit more intangible. It's a little bit, um, it's a little bit more of a of a mental thing rather than an actual, you know, an actual thing that you can touch or, or, or measure. So, but there are ways that you can work on it. So I want to go through my 10, my 10 pieces of advice to help you improve your groove. Uh, The first thing, first and foremost, this is the biggest thing. um, This is kind of a, this is kind of the obvious uh, one, but that's why it's number one, but playing with a metronome um so you can't have good groove if you don't have good time right so uh the first thing to do is start with a metronome at like 16th notes and no matter what 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 tempo groove you're playing or what subdivisions you're playing so even if you're playing eighth notes on the hi-hat one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and it's good to have the 16th notes playing on the metronome so that way it helps you stay really you know in really good time so you're playing one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and so even you know just having those 16th notes there in the background helps you stay closer to the subdivisions and making sure the subdivisions are correct now you can start dialing that back a little bit so you can drop down to eighth notes and then quarter notes and one thing i learned this from russ miller that if you say you're playing it 120 beats a minute drop it down to 60 beats a minute and use every click on the metronome set at quarter notes use every click on the metronome as the two and four so it's like one it's that slow so you have so that's a really really good measuring stick to see where your time is and where where your groove is and then you can start moving the snare drum ahead or behind that that click so if you want to push it a little bit you can set it a little bit so the snare hits right before or i'm sorry right after the the metronome or before the metronome depending on if you wanted to push or pull so that, and like I said, I'm, I'm not stealing that. Russ, um, I learned that from Russ Miller. So that's the, that's a really good, uh, a good way to, to work on your groove. That's number one. Number two is isolating the kick and snare. And I had a drum teacher that taught me this years ago that if you take any groove and, just play the kick and the snare of the groove. So especially when you're doing like funk stuff, like if you're doing like a James Brown thing and it's like got to got to got 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 got. So you want to you want to really start hearing the interplay between your kick and your snare and making sure that those subdivisions are correct. So same thing you can use 16th notes and then drop it down to 8th notes and then quarter notes and then you know drop it down to where you're cutting the tempo in half and and using the the clicks as, as um, 2 and 4 and you really want to hear the relation or the relationship between the kick and the snare and how they're interplaying back and forth so you're not speeding up and slowing down when you're when you're making all those movements between the kick and the snare so that's one thing and then start to add in the hi-hat again. So really isolate that kick and snare and don't just do it for 10 seconds and, and say, oh, okay, I got it. I, I understand what it sounds like. But you want to make sure that you can really hear exactly the the space between the notes and making sure that's all correct so that all of your subdivisions are correct. And that's how you really start to get this nice solid feel to making sure you know all those subdivisions are always correct the whole time. Number three is five minutes of straight playing, and it's a lot harder than it sounds, and I get a lot of my students to do this all the time. So I say, okay, I want you to pick a groove, and I want you to play it for five straight minutes with no fills, no variations, no changes in accent, no opening of the hi-hat, nothing. And even if it's just like kick, snare, and hi-hat, and it's just boom, got. Got boom, got boom. Just that, just that for five minutes. It's really, really a lot harder than it sounds, and it's it's part of a it's part of a concentration exercise, and it helps you it helps you really hone in on the groove and concentrate on just that. Not not concentrate on let me play this fill, let me f- do this thing on the toms, or oh let me put this little splash symbol in here. Right? Nothing playing nothing for five minutes except the groove at hand. And it's funny. I've always taught my students this, and Michael Carvin brought this up in the interview. I don't know if you listened to the Michael Carvin interview, but definitely check that out. That's po- the podcast. It's... a. Uh, Uh, session 55, if you want to check that out. It's a great interview, but he talks about you can't really focus for more than five minutes, so this is like the perfect time span of how long to play a groove. So play the groove for five minutes, no variations, no changes in accents, nothing like that. Try it, let me know how you make out. Set up a stopwatch on your phone and do that for five minutes. Trust me, it's a lot harder than you think it is. Number four, listening to the masters, and there are some drummers out there that are amazing and then there are some drummers out there that are, you know, when I say me, I mean like chops and flying all around the kit and everything. And then there's other guys that are really, really good groove drummers. And you want to check those guys out. Guys that come to mind automatically, uh, without question, Steve Gadd, Jeff Porcaro, Clyde Stubblefield, uh, Rick Murata, Jabo Starks. Uh, I, I mean, these are just a couple. Steve Jordan. These are just like my my favorite groove drummers, Hal Blaine. Um, I, I mean, there's so many of them that I'm. This isn't a complete list by any means. I'm just trying to give you a few examples, but you want to check these guys out and really, really listen to what these guys are playing, listening how they're approaching the tune and. Listen to the feel, listen to, you know, listen to the accents, listen to the consistency, listen to how they're not doing all these crazy frills and thrills because that's not what the song needs. So listening to these guys will really, really help you understand what groove is, what it feels like, and how hard it is to, to really play this stuff. And it all sounds simple and, and easy to play, but once you get inside of it and realize the nuances that are going on, It's not that simple. And I my old drum instructor, Glenn Farrakhan, always told me he said the greatest part about an amazing song is making it sound like anybody could play it. And I just I love that quote because it's so true. Because if you listen to these like really hard, grooving songs that are straight ahead, you think, oh man, I could play that. It's easy. It's just, you know, eight notes on the hi-hat and and kick and snare on two and four. Like how hard is that? But then you sit down and play it and make it groove the way that it does on the record of somebody like a Steve Jordan or a Steve Gadd or somebody like that. It's just it's it sounds different and you'll probably agree with me on that. So listen to these guys and listen how they approach these tunes and the nuances that are going on in between them. The fifth piece of advice that I have is to practice playing slow. And when I say slow, I mean like really, really slow because that's kind of like taking your playing and putting it under a magnifying glass and you really get to see what's going on with these grooves. So if you can't play a groove clean at a really slow tempo, it's it's not gonna sound good at a fast tempo. To, it may, You may be able to play the groove at a fast tempo, but it's not going to have the evenness and consistency and the feel that it should if you can't play it at a slow tempo. So take something even, you know, just a really simple groove and play it really like, I mean, like painfully slow at like 50 beats a minute. And really work out the the inner workings of the groove, and you'll and it'll start to pull out your weaknesses. Like you may realize, man, I'm not really that good at at playing ghost notes in my grooves. And ghost notes are important. And when they when you speed them up, and although you may be playing these ghost notes, the the subdivisions may not be correct, and you may be speeding up and slowing down. And I know I've I've actually had some issues with that myself. And g- great way to fix it is playing with the metronome and slowing it way, 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 way down so you can really feel and hear these subdivisions going on so you can get a greater understanding of what you need to be doing and what you need to be playing. Then slowly speed the stuff up. But just jumping into it really fast, you're doing yourself a disservice. So think about that the next time you're learning a groove or you have a groove that you play all the time. Take it and slow it down really, really slow and see what happens when you put it under that microscope. Number six, very, 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 very important. Listen to the bass player. So you can listen to all of these great drummers that I mentioned earlier um, and then listen to the bass players that are on these records and hear how the bass player and the drummer are talking to each other. And then you want to try to mimic that in your playing. So a lot of times I'll zone out the drummer and I'll just listen to the bass player and I'll say oh okay okay now i know why steve gadd is playing this groove i can understand why he's playing this groove now because of the the correlation and the connection with the bass player so that's something that you really want to look at is take these tunes analyze them really dig into them i remember in the the little john roberts interview that i did he was saying that he would take songs and just analyze them for hours and hours and hours and I don't think anybody's going to disagree that little John Roberts has an amazing groove and uh, is is a monster player, and he, that's the kind of stuff that he did to establish this groove is like really analyze the tune analyze the, the bass player, analyze the, the kick drum with the bass player, analyze the correlation and the connection between the two, and then you can use that in your own playing when you're playing with your band. It'll help you approach things differently, and you'll say, oh, man, let me really, let me really lock in with this bass player and see wh- exactly what he's doing, and I want to compliment that bass player. I want to I wanna speak back and forth with him. I want to have a conversation, not just like, oh, I wanna play you know, I want to play this groove because I think it's cool when it has nothing to do with the song, or, you know, the melody or th- what the bass player is playing. So it's very important, very important. Seventh piece of advice, minding your accents. So accents and accents can totally change the, the groove 100% if you start moving around these accents. And the greatest thing about accents is that they add these tiny little nuances within the groove. So you can just take a straight eighth note groove, and if you change one accent in it, it changes the whole entire groove. So think about, and it doesn't have to be like drastic accents. It doesn't have to be, you know, something that's really quiet and then something that's really loud, but it can be slight accents, you know? Something that doesn't doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be this drastic change of volume but just small little accents and then you start to get this pulse feeling you start to get this inner weaving of your of your groove throughout the tune rather than just straight tick, tick 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 on the hi-hat then you know and and if you i think that if you have unless you're doing it for effect if you have these huge drastic changes in tempo then it starts to sound a little bit intrusive into the tune but slight slight variations in in dynamics and these accents can really change the whole, the whole feel of your groove and can really add some life to it. So you can just start out simple. Just if you're playing an eighth note groove, just accent the first part of the eighth note. And then accent the second note of the eighth note. And then, you know, then you can start moving it around. Stuff like that. And then, you know, you start working these things into your playing and just start moving the accents around. And nothing, you don't, it doesn't have to be drastic. It doesn't have to be like this huge, crazy thing. Just a little bit here and there, a little bit here and there. And you'll start to hear these different grooves develop. And you can be playing the same exact tune or the same exact groove, I'm sorry, and change a little accent. And it's like, oh man, it changes the whole, it changes the whole feel of the tune. So try that out. Check that out see what you come up with. The eighth thing is the quarter note pulse is paramount to groove as far as I'm concerned. And I think that if you're, if you're hearing eighth notes and 16th notes while you're playing, I think it tends to square everything up and doesn't give it this legato feel this, this lengthening of the notes. So taking or paying attention to the quarter note pulse, even if you're playing 16th notes, Hearing that. So even if you're playing 16th notes, one e and two e and three e and four, you're hearing. That's the kind of stuff you want to concentrate on. Really, really mind that quarter note and keep an eye on the quarter note and hear the things in the quarter note. So Uh, You know, that's that's the basis of the groove. That's the basis of swing and all that stuff. Everything is is the quarter note. You got to really, really hear that quarter note through whatever you're playing. And I promise you, if you can really concentrate on that quarter note and hear that quarter note and imply that quarter note pulse, it's going to make things groove way, 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 way harder. So try to concentrate on that quarter note pulse even if you're playing doesn't matter you still want that quarter note pulse it'll pull everything back it'll harness it and it'll it'll really lay the foundation of the groove that you're playing so quarter note pulse is paramount for for heavy heavy grooves number 9 experiment with different feels so you can take you know, these straight eighth note grooves and then you might want to swing the eighth notes on it or you might want to, you know, jump back and forth between swing and rock. And there's so many different things you can do with grooves where, you know, a lot of people think where they just have to play straight eighth notes or 16th notes or something like that. But once you get into to swinging things and, you know, and not swinging certain things and experimenting with all these different grooves or playing like, you know, taking a six eight thing and 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 making it trying to make a, a four four groove feel like a six eight thing and stuff like that. That's what really adds depth to your groove. And it's kind of hard to explain over a podcast, but there is there's definitely tunes out there that, you know, can blend these things or or have an idea of one groove inside of another groove, a great groove that I always think about is the James Brown or it's James Brown and the famous flames. And it's think the song is called think off of that record. And it's a, it's like a, a shuffle, but it's kind of like a, it's like an eighth note quasi shuffle kind of thing is what Zorro calls it. And I'll put a link to it on the show notes of this page and just check it out because it takes shuffle and it's kind of straight and it's like it has this nice bouncing feeling. And that's what I mean by like blending different feels and incorporating different feels into your grooves. And that gives things a lot more life, a lot more bounce, and a lot more energy. So that's something to definitely keep in mind when you're playing your groove. So if you're playing just a straight groove. <laughs> so then you start to get like a little bit of bounce feel a little bit of swing feel into it so try to incorporate some of that stuff into your groove and the 10th thing is to not force it you cannot force the groove period it's a feeling it is a it's a it's a state of mind. It's an energy, and that's something that you can't just say. Okay, I'm gonna sit down and really make this thing groove. Uh, you re- you gotta you gotta you know channel your energy into this thing and really make it feel good. But don't force it. This is something that comes over time, and it's something that you should constantly be working on. But don't think that like it should one it should happen overnight, and two don't overanalyze it. Like okay, I'm gonna play an accent on the on the the third triplet of the, you know, once you start analyzing things, then it starts to get like scientific and, and mathematical. And then it starts to lose all of its feel and then it becomes put inside of this like box and squares everything up. So don't force it. Let all this stuff work its way into your playing naturally and let everything just sort of, you know, happen. It's a, it's a, it's a learning process and there's a learning curve that goes with it. So just take your time, let it work into your playing, you know, just let it happen, but take these 10 steps into consideration. And this will really, really help you in gro- improve your groove, your foundation, and your overall feel, which, what does that do? It gets you hired. So those are my 10 pieces of advice to improve your groove. If you dug them, let me know. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Resource on Twitter at drummersrsource, on Instagram at drummersresource, and check out the new drummersresource.com. I'm really happy with the way that it came out. And sign up for the mailing list. Get that Stick Control Variations book for free if you sign up for the mailing list. It's normally $9.99. And one last thing, please, if if you get good information out of this podcast and if you really like the podcast, Subscribe to it on iTunes and leave a review on there. That really helps. And like I said, all of this stuff is free. But if you could just take a minute to leave me a review on iTunes, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if anybody has any questions about everything, anything, excuse me, feel free to reach out to me, nick at drummersresource.com. I'll be happy to answer any questions that you guys have. And that's about it for now. I hope this helps you improve your groove. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I love you. And I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.